Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. So today our lesson is Freedom from Fear. And I wanted to start this um, with, a wor- with prayer. So, Lord, I just thank you for your love, for your grace, for your peace. Lord, and Lord, that you came so we could be free. And so I just ask that you just speak through me that, Lord, these words bring, bring freedom to each heart. You know where each person is. You know what they, their struggles are, what they're dealing with right now. And Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus so that we can overcome. And Lord, that it's in your heart that we walk free of fear. So we just commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. The other day I was talking to somebody and I was listening to this this woman. And she started talking about her anxiety. And then she started talking about just different fears she had. Um... And the more I listened to her talk, it was almost like she was proud of them. And, and I, was, I, was, I was really kind of startled because it was like she really saw the fear and anxiety and being stressed out as her friends. And I thought, oh, Lord, you've come for so much more than that. And... Um, you know, I, I prayed. I prayed for. I just walked away and prayed for, and listened. Um, and we'll revisit that. But what hit me was how many times God tells us that He has a different viewpoint. We have our earthly thinking, and I think sometimes in our culture, we can be listening. We can we can buy in to the lies the lies that are out there, and then it causes us to be robbed of the peace and the joy that Jesus has come to bring us. And God has a different viewpoint, I think, about fear than we do. Do you know it mentions 360 times in the Bible, fear not? That is in there, fear not. So that's one for every day of the year and a bonus, you know. So, so there you go. That's how much it's important to the heart of God that we not walk in fear. So what is fear? And um, if you're taking notes, you can, you can I've, I have this one written down because it's long. But fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous are as likely to cause a pain or a threat. Fear is the feeling of anxiety about the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. 
And so there's, you know, a natural things. Yes, we need to be cautious. Yes, we don't need to just, you know, say bless God and walk out into a highway and think we're not going to get hit. You know, there is that balance. But here's the, some of the things that I want to bring out. First off, sometimes we can, because of the way that or the culture we're in, we can believe that fear is okay. And I grew up, um, had good parents, but I now realize I grew up in a very fear-based home. But I thought it was normal because it was what I had grown up with. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that God kind of pinpointed that and said, okay, this is something we're going to work on together, Kathleen. And I'll share that story in just a little bit. But number one that is important to know about fear, and I'm telling you this from my own personal experience, nobody had to teach me this, but because I lived it for years, was number one, and this is in your notes <clears throat> to fill in the blank, Fear is tormenting. Fear is a thief and a robber of peace and joy and tranquility. And it's robbed me of many opportunities and the freedom that God has for me. And, you know, if... You were to look out your door and see a thief or somebody with a mask on, you know, that was, I mean, a big mask, not just a, a mask. If you had saw somebody that was a threat, you would not open your door and say, come on in. You know, we wouldn't do that. But I think so many times that people have bought into that and they do treat fear and anxiety and stress as friends instead of a robber or a thief. And fear is a silent enemy that whispers way too often in our ears. And it can manifest, or what does it look like? Well, in my life, it looks like kind of butterflies in my stomach about something, or an uneasiness, or shallow breathing, or just kind of jittery, fidgety, fidgety, or even anger. And, you know, Anger, I think, is usually a sign of one of two things. Anger is a sign, I think, of either fear. We can be angry because we're afraid. And that, I think, sometimes is, um, you know, there's a, there's a healthy part of that. But then there's the unhealthy part of that. And anger can also be a sign of unforgiveness. And that's going to be our lesson next week. Is the power of forgiveness. The next two weeks is going to be that. But um, I think, too, you know, there's, there's that, that place. When I step back, when I see myself get angry over something, when I step back and say, okay, Lord, is there something I'm afraid of that I need to take to you? Or is there somebody I need to forgive? Because sometimes life can get busy. We can sh shove stuff under the carpet and pretend it's not there. And the Lord has a better way for us to live. John 10.10 10 is a scripture that um, if you've got your Bibles and want to turn to it, you can. It says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that you have life and life to the full. And those are the words of Jesus. The thief, who is the enemy, Satan, 
He's come to kill and steal and destroy from us. And he loves to rob us of our peace and joy because when we're not walking in that peace and joy, then we're being robbed, but we also don't have that peace and joy to give away to those that are around us. We were created to walk in trust with God. And the main, the main goal of fear, I think, is to make us doubt the goodness of God and his love for us. See, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants us to doubt God's goodness. He wants us to doubt that God is for us, that he's with us, that he loves us. And he'll whisper lies to us to try to do that. And I'm somebody who bought into those lies for a, um, you know, more of my years than I care to admit, but it's true. Second thing in your notes, fear is contemplating our future and not factoring God into it. You know, when you factor God into your future, it can take out that stress and anxiety. We got in last night, and uh, we'd been gone for three days, and walked in, and I start fixing dinner. I go to open my freezer, and water goes everywhere. And I'm like, oh my word. And so our freezer full of meat, uh, was thawing quickly and um, you know so there was a lot to do bottom line there was a lot to do and to try to salvage things and figure things out and my husband said um, you know try to get us a freezer tomorrow and you know my first thing was I've got a busy day I've got you know, <laughs> I've got I've got the gathering I've got you know other stuff I'm supposed to get our granddaughter da 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 and um, but when he was on his way to work today, I called him back and I said, hey, by the way, let's just pray about this. Because this kind of anxiety and fear, it's like, okay, how am I going to do this and this and this? And, but we stopped right then and there and prayed. And, you know, I know, because I've been doing this a number of years, that Satan will do anything to throw me off track from what I'm really called to do. And so we prayed about it, and I'm here to tell you, I've already bought and paid for a new freezer, and it's going to be delivered this afternoon. Prayer works, and especially right now when everything's on back order, you know, forever. But, you know, if we don't factor God in, just like what I said, fear is contemplating the future. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to get all this in? How's this going to work? And not factoring God into it. But when we factored God into it, God made a way. So, I love what Oswald Chambers said. He's an author. Um, he says, The remarkable thing about fearing God is when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you, do, you fear everything else. And that fear is not being afraid of God. But it's understanding how big he is, how much he loves us, how he cares for us. It's having a reverence. Fear in that context is talking about reverence. And, you know, I was thinking about it too. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. So fear's been around for a long time. You're not the first one to deal with it. But as believers, we do not have to buy into the anxiety and the fear that our world is rampant with right now. And there are many reasons for it to be rampant. 
you know, there really are. We're not going to deny that COVID is an issue and people are really dying from it. We're not going to deny that the border is not a, you know, the border issue is not a crisis because it is right now we're living in it in some ways. But we've always got to factor God into it. And that's the freedom that God wants us to have. So what are some different kinds of fears? Well, some different kinds of fears, and you may want to write some of these down. You don't have to write all of them. But number one, a fear of death. As a little girl, for some reason, I had a fear of dying. And I remember just the anxiety it caused me as a child. I was scared to death of dying. I don't know if my, I don't know where it came from. I can't tell you that. But it was so bad that I remember my parents had, um, you know, I remember talking to them about it. And it was keeping me up at night and I wasn't sleeping. And I remember them taking me and having some people, you know, pray for me to be set free. And God did, God did do that. But fear, you know, Satan doesn't play fear. He even works on little kids. And so I love what you had to say, Morgan, about just keep teaching, you know, your kids about the Lord now. Um, my mom had, I now, now know, I now know that my mom was really a germaphobic. And those of you that are older will remember this. You remember that Lysol in that brown bottle and how bad it stunk? My mom would literally not just wipe down the house, but she would wipe our hands with it. She was a germ-phobic. But I, I still, when I, when I smell that, if I smell that, it's like, oh, it just does not bring back good memories. But my mom was so afraid of germs in a lot of way. And that was one of the first things God did in showing me I had some fears that he wanted to set me free of. See, God didn't say, Kathleen, I'm going to, I want you to work on all of these fears right now today. you got to get rid of them. He didn't do that. In his kindness and his love, he pinpointed them one at a time. One at a time. And I partnered with him in that. But I remembered I'd just given birth to my um, third child. And we were, uh, my late husband and I were attending a marriage seminar. And one of the rules was you had to put your baby in the nursery. And, you know, Price was like, Three, he was three weeks old. He was tiny. So I wasn't real interested in putting my child in a nursery. And <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but um, um, they said, well, you have to. And I said, okay. So I went back to go put, put him in the nursery. And there was a couple that was visiting from, from Mexico. And when I found out they were from Mexico, I immediately had all this fear of all these germs, this baby from Mexico. Not that babies in America don't have germs. I mean, really. But that's just how my, my thinking was clouded. And I didn't want my baby in there. And so I was talking to the woman that, um, that was leading the, the thing. We had lunch with them. And I said something. I said, I said, you know, I'm just really struggling with putting my baby in the nursery because he's only three weeks old. And there's this baby there. And it's got you know, I'm afraid it has germs and everything. And the lady just looked at me and she said, oh, I'm going to pray God sets you free of that. And I, I was offended. I was really offended. I was like, oh, okay. And it, it really, it, no, it bothered me. And I went to a woman that was like my mentor and, and uh, I said something to her and she said, well, Kathleen, let's just sit back and pray about this. But you know what? God really showed me that I was the one that had the issue. So, Thankfully, 
the Lord dealt with that because, you know, when COVID hit, um, and none of us knew what to do or how to handle it or, you know, the scientists didn't even know. Nobody knew and all of these things were going out. And uh, my husband came and I could tell, I could see he was just, you know, anxious about it and, and everything. And, and I looked at him and I said, I can't go back. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I can't go back. I said, God set me free of a fear of germs. 30 years ago, and I'm not going back. I said, I am, I'm gonna live my life. We'll figure it out together, and we did. But that is how freedom, when once you've tasted freedom, you don't wanna go back. You don't wanna go back. Um, fear, another fear that I struggled with was a fear of failure. A fear of failure kept me from trying a lot of things, from doing a lot of things. When I look back on my high school days, there were a lot of things I didn't do because I was afraid of failing or afraid of, um, you know, looking stupid or making a mistake. And those things can keep us from being all that God called us to be. A fear of rejection. That's a big one. A fear of rejection. And I struggled with rejection and a fear of that for a number of years. Fear of what others think, a fear of man. And another fear, a fear of the unknown or the future. And what about a fear of you're not good enough? One of the fears I struggled with um, when after being widowed when I met Stephen my husband and I could tell the relationship was getting a little more serious one of the fears I struggled with was I had to really struggle with wait a minute if I love again I could lose if I love again I could lose somebody I love and I I had to really wrestle with that fear and lay it down lay it down and give it to the Lord so that I could go on and love and, you know, marry the man that I had fallen in love with. Um, but there, I did have to wrestle with that fear. And, you know, sometimes we have to wrestle with believing again. When we've had a series of events happen in our lives, we might have to struggle to believe God again. You know, once when we've had one thing after another, it's kind of like, wait a minute, where is God? How am I going to get through this? One day, and this was something that helped set me free. One day I heard the words, and this was a game changer for me. Fear is doubt and unbelief. And this is number three in your notes. Fear is doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief is not trusting God. And that's sin. And when I heard that, all of a sudden, it was a wake-up call for me. Because at the bottom of my heart, I wanted to please God. I wanted to obey His Word. And when I heard that, it was like, Oh, Lord, I've never seen that as sin. And I don't want to sin. We all do. You know, we don't want to, but... 
you know, it's what's the condition of your heart. And um, so then it helped me just rechange the way I did things of when I was afraid, take it to the Lord. You know, is there some I need to lay down? Am I not trusting you? Lord, forgive me. Forgive me because you're trustworthy. I can trust you. You love me. And that goes back to last week's lesson that we talked about is understanding God's love. When you really understand God's love for you, then it's easier to trust him. And it's that, like I said, that long 12 inches from our head to our heart. That is hard. So if we want to get rid of something, we got to call it what it is. And for me, it was important to, to recognize that fear and unbelief, fear is doubt and unbelief, and that is not trusting God, and that it's sin. First, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so we can conclude two things from that passage. Number one, that fear is a spirit. And number two, it's not from God. And I had always focused on the latter part of that scripture and not the first part. But that scripture really came alive that the fear is, is not from God. And it, God instructs us and warns us not to play with it. Um, so we're going to dive into a bunch of scriptures that talk about how God tells us what he has to say about fear. But the hard truth, and this is number five, is you either walk in fear or you trust God. It's one or the other. You either walk in fear or you trust God. And the choice is yours. I gave you all extra rooms for notes today. Yes. You know, it's yes. just not like, I'm going to believe it, uh, I'll, I'll do it, and then, yes. you know, it's, it's just an ongoing thing. It is an ongoing thing. And it says in Isaiah 43, verse 5, it says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And you're right. It is about practicing the word. And that's the thing I think that is so, the coolest thing about God is when we mess up, he just says, get back up, dust yourself off, and let's try it again. You know, and he's right there to help us because he walks with us and he wants us to learn. But Isaiah 43, 5, do not fear for I am with you. Number six, it, that, I, I, you know, I think as we move into number six, and this the next thing I want you to understand, is it's important that we not entertain fear as a house guest, but we treat it as something that is trespassing. We don't justify it. We call it what it is so that we can walk on in freedom. And I say that from someone that struggled with a number of fears throughout my life. And for me, what was important is I had to tell, and this is number six, I had to tell fear to go, you are not my friend. As long as we coddle our fears, they will hang around. So we must deal ruthlessly with them 
if we want to get free. And um, it says in Isaiah, verse 41, chapter 41, verse 10, So do not fear, this is a powerful scripture, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And you know, many times, and you've heard me say this before, I have had to literally picture myself holding God's hand to walk through some scary situations. When my late husband was battling cancer and I was walking the halls at MD Anderson and I was getting news that wasn't good at all, in order to keep myself, and thank God, he had already delivered me from a number of fears. So when this came along, somehow I knew, even though I didn't know how things would work out, I knew I would be okay because I knew God loved me. And that's where that understanding, the love of God, is so important. But I would literally picture myself holding God's hand as I would walk down the halls of, of MD Anderson. You know, the, in this scripture, it says, do not be dismayed. And dismayed means feelings of anxiety. Feelings of anxiety. And there were times I was, as I would walk down the halls of hospitals and dealing with things with my mom and hearing things like she's got irreversible brain damage and all these negative things, I would literally have to say to myself, fear go, you're not my friend. And that would begin to settle my heart. So I pass that on. Number seven in your notes, <clears throat> fear keeps us from reaching our potential. It can hold you back in stepping out in your faith. It can hold you back in your potential. It can, well, you shouldn't speak on that. Well, who are you to talk about that? Well, you can't pray for somebody in the grocery store. Well, you can't do, you can't, those are the whispering lies of fear because yes, you can. And God has called each one of us to be his messenger, to be his, his arms, his, his, his representation of who he is. And if Jesus, you know, right now, if he were to walk through in person in this door and you were to just say, hey, wait a minute, I need this or I need that, he would stop right there. And he would look at you because he's looking at you and saying, that's my beloved daughter or son that I'm well pleased. He's right there and he wants to partner with us and he wants us to partner with him throughout the day. He has come so that we can have life and life to the full. And a fear-filled life is not a full one. I can say that from experience. God has created you and he's created me to be courageous because we're made in his image. You're made in his image. And he's not the least bit afraid of anything or anybody. And I don't think he has that in his heart for us as his kids, any more than us as parents wanna train our children to, to, you know, we train our children, we cheer, cheer them on, we encourage them as good parents so they can be all that they're called to be. Sometimes they don't see their potential, but we can see it. We can see it, or we can see the potential in our friend, and so we call them up. 
you know, to be all that they can be. Fear will try to keep you from your potential. Um, a fear of making a mistake, of you know, when you step out to do something new. Actually, I can say as somebody that's 62 that oftentimes when I've made mistakes, they've been some of my best teachers. And that's helped me come o overcome some fears. Um, is, okay, well, I might fall down, but I can get back up. You know, and I can try it again. And I'll have to be honest. I really, even though I had spoken for a number of years before I started doing a podcast or putting some things out on social media, I really struggled when the young girl came to me and said, you really need to get things on a podcast. I really had to wrestle with that as a fear of, do I really want to put, because of the way I speak and I use life examples from my own life, do I really want my life out there? the world I mean it's a risk but there's a risk you know there are risk in life all the time there just are and ministry is spelled risk it just is and you know there's that phrase phrase do it afraid and I've kind of had to just say in some instances I'm just gonna do it afraid I might make a mistake it may not be perfect it might not be the best. You know, I'm not ever going to be Beth Moore or Billy Graham, but I can be who God's called me to be in my little sphere and in my little arena. And it says in Joshua 1.7, be strong and courageous. Be strong, and actually it says be very courageous. That's Joshua 1.9. When God calls you to do something, I'm just going to tell you, there's going to be a little bit of fear you might have to wrestle with, but I hope you wrestle with it for a minute and put it to bed and step out and do the things that God has called you to do. You know, God called Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. And Joshua and Caleb looked out there and they're like, oh my gosh. They, I mean, they kind of went to spy and they're like, they're giants in this land. And they had to choose right then and there what they were going to do because they had people depending on them and that's something God spoke to me recently when I was like you know wrestling with some things he said there are people depending on you to bring the freedom so you just do it you just do it the call that God has on your life you're probably going to have to wrestle with a fear or two but you know what you can wrestle it and you can step on it you can step on it. And it's some of those places that have been those hard things or there's areas of defeat that we have to step out in so that we can live life and life to the full. Um, you know, one thing I've learned is that God will take us out of our comfort zone. And even doing the gathering, I remember one day I was getting things in order and some stuff was there and I was, you know, started this in Kerrville and I sat there one day and it was like something just whispered, what if nobody comes and you're there all by yourself? And I thought, yeah, I guess that could happen. And then, for, and then I had to wrestle with that for a minute and say, but that's okay if God just sends one person. And that, that hasn't ever happened, but it was a fear to try to keep me from reaching my potential. You know, a fear of rejection. You know, there's risk in loving people. There just is. There's risk in loving people. And there's risk in being in relationship with people. And one thing that is for sure in life, we will all 
face rejection at some point in life. Not everybody is going to like you. I hate to tell you that, but it is true. Not everybody is going to like you or love you or agree with you. Um, and if you haven't encountered that, then you might be real young. I don't know. <laughs> but what I've discovered is if we're going to be somebody that makes a difference, we're going to have to battle a fear of rejection. The problem we all face is that we, we do encounter sinful people, dishonest people, insecure leaders, leaders that lead us astray, spouses that betray us. Um, and what happens is we build walls around us when we can, we can do that, when things happen. But that will keep love, the love of God from, from when we build those walls, when we build those walls, God will keep reaching out. But we, can, we have a choice to respond to his love or not. We have a choice. He's not going to force something on us. He'll keep knocking at our door, though. Okay, Isaiah 41 verse 9 says, You are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not rejected you. So, do not fear. There it is again. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is right there offering his hand to us. And it's just like if my husband were to reach out to take my hand, I could either hold his hand or not. I could pull my hand away. Have you ever been mad at somebody or been mad at your husband and he tries to reach out and you're like, no, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) Yep, 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 that's happened. Okay, Isaiah 35, verse 3. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those who are fearful with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and with divine retribution. He will come to save you. There it is again. Isaiah 35 verse 3. I encourage you to take these scriptures home and look them up. Read them. They're all referenced. You don't have to write them down. They're all there at the top of your page. You know, what's important, I think, is encouragement breeds courage. And we all need people in our lives to strengthen our hands. To strengthen our knees when they want to give way. um, To help us reach our potential. What about fear of the unknown or fear of losing control? You know, people control out of fear. And that was something that God showed me in my life is that I tried to control everything. As a young wife and mother, I tried to control my kids, I tried to control my husband, I tried to control my world, my life, all of these things. And when I heard that you control people and try to control situations because you're afraid and you're not trusting God, that changed the way I thought about things. And it helped me release things. And it's a much easier way to live our life. Jesus has come. When, yes. 
when we try to control situations in our life, and I was trying to control my kids, trying to control everything about them, trying to control my husband, trying to control, in fact, I'll tell on myself, um, the Lord did a real transformation in, in my relationship with my late husband. We went through some really rough years. And during that, I could see things were tense between us, and I tried to control him. And God totally undid that, totally remade us and put us back together, which made it very hard to lose him because what we had was so special, built over some hard adversity. But in our personal journeys to get freedom ourselves, um, one of the things, as Joe and I were talking years later, he said, you know, as I saw God work in your heart, is he said, I, he said, I felt like at times you had your hands around my neck. And he said, but I remember when you let go. And he said, what happened is, is when you let go, God started dealing with me. And that's what happened. And God began to change him and change me. And I remember being pregnant, nine months pregnant, walking down my road and I felt like my marriage was falling apart. I'm nine months pregnant. I got two other kids. I'm running a business. And I just remember saying, Lord, I give up. Lord, you're going to have to put this back together. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how, how you're going to, I don't know how you're going to do it. And for me, I had to really trust God. I was either going to raise three kids by myself and have to trust God, or I was going to have to trust God to heal my marriage. And I'm very happy to say that's exactly what God did, but it took me letting go and all that. And it's a much better way. It's a whole lot more fun place to live. Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. So the next thing, you know, that we can have a fear of the unknown. And that was, you know, that was when everything broke out with COVID and nobody knew what to do or what to say. And it changed from day to day and from media to media. You know, there was that place of, Okay, this is unknown territory, but really, folks, every day is unknown. We don't have any guarantees in life. So what's important is who you know and how well you know the Lord, because that's the one thing that we can trust. And I had to realize that I'm not the Savior, but if I know who I'm walking with, there's so much more freedom. And the one thing I do know is God is with me. He's always with me. His word tells you that. Psalm 73, 23 also talks about nevertheless. To me, that word nevertheless means even when things fall apart, I will be with you. I hold you by the right hand. And, you know, God, when we understand that he's with us, that he's powerful, it can give us an unshakable confidence. It can give us an unshakable confidence. Um, Proverbs 3.25 tells us, it says, do not be afraid of sudden fear. Now that's pretty powerful because there's so much that can give us sudden fear, but the Bible tells us to not be afraid because Satan loves to make us feel scared and intimidated. And intimidation is one of his main goals. It can scare us and keep us from engaging in battle. It can keep us from standing our ground. 
And I've got several instances of this. I remember going to California and I had, hadn't been widowed that long, maybe a year or so, and if that much. And I'd gone to California and I was alone in a hotel and I was meeting some other people. And um, I remember thinking all of a sudden, it was like this fear, wave of fear came over me and it was really a panic attack. It was a panic attack. The only one I've ever experienced in my life. But all of a sudden I panicked. What am I doing? I'm here in a foreign state. I mean, in another state all by myself. You know, I wasn't used to traveling alone. Um, I was meeting some friends. I was also meeting a, a man too. And so there's all of a sudden this fear of, oh my word. And I had to just lay on that bed. And I knew fear was not my friend. For me at that point, I just turned on some worship music and I sobbed on that bed because I didn't know if I needed to take myself to the hospital or what, but fear can cause those panic attack feelings. And, and, and that's not what God has for us. Don't be afraid of sudden fear. That's what Proverbs 3, 25 tells us. You know, Goliath was intimidated. Satan loves to intimidate us. Goliath tried to intimidate David, but David didn't bow to his fear. He quickly strengthened himself by remembering who God was and how God had helped him slay a bear and a lion. And so here's what David, I love his faith-filled response to Goliath. I don't have time to read this story, but he, look at, he looked at the giant that was before him, and he told that bellowing giant he would strike him dead, cut his head off, and give his carcasses to the birds. Okay, now that's how David dealt ruthlessly with something. And I had an instance not too long ago. Um, we live on a county road, and I had gone just a little, bay, little bit of a ways walking. I don't walk very much out there just because of a lot of the illegals <laughs> that are coming over. But all of a sudden, this car came racing down my highway so much that I stepped over to the side, which I usually don't because there's snakes and tall grass, but I did. And I stepped over to the side, and this man rolled down his window, and he was between me and our driveway to get to my house. And he rolled down his window, and he had all these tattoos, which from my years of social work, there are tattoos and there are jail tattoos and there are teardrops and I immediately recognized the danger you know that was there but there was something in me that stood up because I thought I know you God I know what you brought me through this is my land you know and I quickly changed if I would have cowered in fear I think it could have been a whole different thing and ended differently but I recognized the danger but didn't bow to it and I just said let me help you how can I help you and he was trying to make a connection. He was trying to make a connection. I said, oh, you're not gonna be able to get through that. That's a federal property. You can't get that way, but let me tell you how to get to where you wanna go. And I just turned it all around. And as soon as he sped off, I called Border Patrol. Hans <laughs> 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 speed dial, but uh, anyway. Um, but I had that choice. You know, we can be afraid of sudden fear and it can keep us from working in the right way. Be like David, be like David, and tell the giant, 
that is before you, whatever that is, whether it's financial problems, whether it's problems with people, whether it's problems in your marriage, problems with your kids, whatever it is, you need to tell whatever way fear is, like David did, you're going to cut it down, you're going to cut off its head and throw its carcasses to the birds. Read it, it's in there, I promise. God's healing is there for us. And um, number eight, so how do we get freedom from fear? Because that's what we want to know. That's what you might be sitting there, well, this all sounds good. These scriptures are here, but how do we get free? Well, I want to take you to 1 John 4, 18. And all I can tell you is these are some of the ways I got free. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And we went over this last week in, in referencing just the love of God and understanding that great love. But right here it says there's no fear in love. When we really understand how much God loves us, that he's with us, that he's for us, that he has plans for us, that he has a purpose for us. When we understand all of those things about God's love, it drives out that fear. So if you are struggling with fear, I think one of the main things is going to the Lord and saying, God, I just need a fresh revelation of your love for me. That's my go-to. When I am afraid to do something, to step out in something, maybe have a conversation with somebody or do something for the first time and there's those butterflies or I feel some anxiety or stress, when I step back into the Spirit of God in me and say, Lord, I just need a fresh revelation of your love. So here I am. I open my heart, ask you to pour it in. Poured into me and I just sit there and receive from God and it's it's really made a difference and so I want to challenge you as you take home your homework and your lesson I want to challenge you to examine your life and see if there's any fears you might need to be set free of because fear is bondage and Christ has come to set us free and I think it's time we learn to stand up on the inside and be the confident men and women that God has intended for us. Because whenever we face our fears, acknowledge them, God's gracious to set us free. You know, our job is anytime we see that we've gone astray from what God's word says, don't beat yourself up, up about it. Just repent. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I did this or I did this again. Please forgive me, because repentance is your friend. You might want to write that down. Repentance is always our friend, and repentance is always on the path to freedom. So, in freedom from fear, the first thing is examining your heart. What fear? And you might just ask the Lord, what fear do I need to let go of first? Which one, Lord? Don't be overwhelmed if you're sitting there and thinking, okay, well, I've got a bunch of those, or God's brought something else that you struggle with in fear. Just ask the Lord, which is the one you want me to deal with first? Just start with taking one step at a time. And please know that I'm always uh, available if you need prayer for anything. I love to pray with people, so 
I have worked with a number of people that have struggled with fear because as we overcome something, that becomes part of our testimony. And when God sets you free, then you can help other, set other people free. And that's the beauty. That's what he's calling all of us to because he needs us in this day and in this hour. Um, call your fear what it is. Call it doubt and unbelief and recognize it as sin. Ask God to forgive you. Number three, treat your fear as a robber or a thief in your home and ask God to show you fears you might have. Tell it to go. It's not your friend. And ask God to show you anytime you're walking in fear. You know, things can happen throughout our days, throughout our years. And I can tell you, the more that I have, and for a while, it was like I would deal with one fear, and it was like God would show me another. And then there was another. You know, I told you the first one was a fear of germs. Well, the next one, and I forgot to mention this, I had a fear, even as a grown woman in my 30s, of going outside in the dark. And I didn't even realize how it had crippled me. And one night I went outside to, I needed to go out in my backyard to do something. And we lived in town. I had a fenced yard. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't really a, a reason. But as I went out and I was like, oh, I don't want to go out there. It's dark. And the Lord just was kind of like, that's a fear of the dark. It's like, I think I really am afraid. And once I began to deal with that, God set me so free, I would go running <coughs> early in the morning in the dark, you know. So there's freedom. There is freedom. And just ask God as you continue your journey to show you anytime you pick up fear again and ask him for a greater revelation. I encourage you to take the notes home, process the questions, see what he might want to say to you because he has so much freedom for you and me. And he wants a strong and courageous people. He wants us to be strong and courageous so we can do the things that he's called us to do. So, let's pray. Father, thank you for your freedom. Lord, thank you that you've called us to be free. It's not in your heart for us to walk around in anxiety and stress and fear and so I ask that your Holy Spirit just pinpoint and so show each one listening what they now might need to deal with first and then I pray from that it would just be a snowball of freedom as I deal with one thing after another raise up your people to be strong and courageous because that's who you are in Jesus name Amen